magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Hammer and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall. Noise pollution. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. The Tonus, Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige. And look who just crawled into the studio. Ready to go off the rails, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. How are you, Rob? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. You know, you're uh, you're really in the studio with the big-timer hammer. I don't know if you know, today I uh, interviewed Nils Lofgren on our show. You did. And was he one of these celebrities like like a number of years ago, I spoke with Judge Reinhold. Yeah. He, he came to town for like the Indy 500 parade or something. And the media tour that he did, he kept telling people he didn't want to talk about his old work. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to talk to Judge Reinhold about? <laughs> judge, what do you think about the Middle East, Judge? Can we talk about that? What do you think about that? You know, it's funny. Nils Lofgren is the lead guitar player for the E Street Band. Nigel actually hooked me up with this. The guy who they had a openings Nils Lofgren has a new album out he does more for your show than he does for ours And so Nige said, you know, hey, I see this opportunity. I know you're a huge fan. You want to do this? I said, sure. And it was interesting because they said, well, look, you have X amount of time because he's doing the tour. And, you know, he got 10 minutes and he goes to the next radio station, whatever. That's great. But they said, well, you can only ask him a certain amount of questions about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And on one hand, I get it because he's got a new album out. It's called Mountains. I'm sure it's great. Nils Lofgren is phenomenally talented. And they want to talk about that. But it's like you're known for doing this. Right. And it will help me promote the other thing if we can talk more about this. The average fan, the average listener might not know who the hell you are. Yeah. But if you say you're in the E Street band, then people know who you are. Yeah, and he, look, I have a great affinity for Nils Lofgren when I was 19 years old. Uh, I, he recorded some liners for the radio station I was working at. They let me do it because they knew I was a huge fan. And he was super cool, and we sat there and shot the breeze for about 20 minutes after he was done. He sent me a signed CD. And I got to tell him that story. I said, I'm sure you don't remember this because it was 20-plus years ago. But I said, that had a huge impact on my life, and it was cool to be able to tell him that story, and I'm sure he's forgotten this as this airs now, but it was like, cool for me, but on the other hand, it's like, I would like to talk more about the stuff that, well, everybody kind of knows you for. Right, right. So, I want to get your thoughts on, like, Mike Pence and all that kind of stuff coming up, but since we're talking concerts and musicians and things like that, look, say what you want about Taylor Swift. I don't necessarily like her music. I don't care what she has to say about politics, but the fact that she's announced an indie show This is a pretty big deal. Three dates coming next year, and this tour that she's on, it's probably the biggest 
tour that's been around in a long time. I'm trying to remember, when was the last time one band or one individual had this type of tour where everybody lost their mind about it? Well, it's interesting because we just talked about Nils Lofgren and Bruce Springsteen. He is second to her this year in terms of revenue. He's back on tour for the first time in seven years going over all over the world. And he is second to her in revenue, but I don't think it's even close. Like I think he is such a distant second. And you're talking about he's selling out every venue that, that, that he's doing as many musical acts are because people are starved for music because of COVID. Here's my issue. Well, one of numerous issues with the Taylor Swift deal. It's not until November of next year. Right. So if you're shelling out your hard-earned money, let's say it's, I don't know what a ticket's going to run for. Is it $1,000, $2,000, $500? It depends on where you sit, obviously. But let's say it's a $500 for a ticket. You've got to sit on that for 15 months. Do you have $500 just to throw up in the air and say, well, I'll cash in on it in, in, in 15 months? I mean, if going to that concert is the equivalent of going to the Super Bowl for somebody, then yeah, absolutely. If you told me, hey, we're going to let you buy Super Bowl tickets. Only a few get sold out there, but this is a great experience. You're going to go to Miami. You're going to go to New Orleans, wherever the Super Bowl's at, and you've got over a year to look forward to it. I could see that. Now, look, I have been to multiple Taylor Swift concerts, and I don't know. First of all, let's stop that right there. Hold on. How does Mr. Off the Rails end up at multiple Taylor Swift concerts? I was ordered to go. <laughs> there was a lady involved. Okay. And I have no idea why someone would pay $500 to torture themselves. You could stab yourself with a knife in the eye at home for free. So I don't know why people would pay that sort of money to do that. To Allison's themselves. giving you the finger right now because she went to Cincinnati. <laughs> but I just, to me, it's okay. It used to be, hey, the Who is going on tour. You know, the announcement's in March and it'll be they'll be in Indianapolis in June. I get that. You're buying in March. You're going to cash in in June. This seems like, for a regular person, a long time to just lose your money. But that goes back to my original point. This isn't about Taylor's music or what we think about Taylor Swift. The demand is clearly there. I mean, this thing's going to go on sale, whatever it is, this weekend, and all three of those dates in November of 2024 will be sold out quickly. Yeah, Kev, Kevin, our producer, and I were talking, Casey was out today on the show, Ethan Hatcher was in, and I said, if you are a man, you need to stay as far away from this these events as humanly possible. Because on the surface, like when you go to the uh, New Kids on the Block concert, it's a great it's a great strategy if you're a single man because it's 90% women. It's the million milf march it when is. the new kids on the it block is. And those women are there to have fun and they're there to party and they're going to take their underwear off when 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 uh, Donnie Wahlberg takes his shirt off and they're going to throw <laughs> it on stage. And they're not going to get with Donnie, so you got a chance of being you know, the next best option. It's a numbers game. However, a Taylor Swift concert, because all of her music is exactly the same about how despite being 30-whatever years old and being a billionaire <laughs> she just can't pick the right man and that is everybody's fault but hers and almost every single song she writes is about how she got done dirty and that's what women are coming to that concert prepared to enjoy and be entertained by they're not going to want to deal with you as a man because they've just been told how awful you are and now Allison is giving you two middle fingers. <laughs> the double bird from producer Allison. Uh, one more thing before we move on. Yes. Um, you're going to be joining us Friday at the State Fair, right? I'm so 
so excited. Uh, it is a Beer Sample Friday. It is a Hammer and Nigel at the State Fair. And then you guys, it is my understanding, you're actually going to be introducing uh, Sticks on stage. Yeah. So our show wraps up at 7, and then around 7.15, 7.20, whenever they get ready, yeah. uh, we go on stage and we get to introduce the band. Uh, I'm thinking about tossing my baby up on stage and seeing if Tommy <laughs> Shaw will catch, uh, catch Olivia. <laughs> so if anybody wants to see Rob Kendall in person, or if you're one of those Twitter keyboard tough yeah. guys that's ever, you know, well, if I ever see Hammer and Rob, I'm going to tell them right to their face. <laughs> You know where we're going to be at on Friday. Come on by. Let's have a conversation. We welcome that kind of thing, I'm right? I'm so excited. I mean, the State Fair, it's out in full force. Hammer and Nigel will will be there. I'm guessing maybe hopefully some of the other WIBC personalities might show up for this. And then, you know, after the Hammer and Nigel show, you can watch Jason and Nigel make complete asses of themselves <laughs> up on stage with the band sticks. It'll be great. I got news for you. You can watch that during the show <laughs> as well. People think that Beer Sample Friday only starts at 5.45. It starts earlier. No Little way. inside baseball. All right, let's get down to business here, Rob. Speaking of the Indiana State Fair, our former midday guy, oh, yeah. Mike Pence, Boy. was speaking at the fair yesterday, and it really was a tale of two different Mike Pences. When he was delivering the official speech, you know, up there on the stage, you know, in front of the crowd, it was predominantly about the economy, about the inflation, and he took the high road talking about Donald Trump, just stating that we need new leadership. But then when the cameras came around afterwards and the little press gaggle happened, he was calling Donald Trump names. We had crackpot attorneys. Uh, he was bringing the fire at that point. Tale of two Pences yesterday. You know, it's funny. I realized yesterday Mike Pence has literally become a Simpsons episode because he is now begging people to send him $1. A grown-ass man is begging strangers to send him $1 so that he can get on this debate stage. He is the episode where Homer gets the robo-dial and a happy dude <laughs> is begging people people for $1. He has turned into a pathetic shell of himself. Now, why is he begging people for a dollar, in case somebody doesn't know? You have to get 40,000 individual donors to get on the debate stage. And it's such a low bar that even a guy named Doug Burgum has hit it. Yet, Mike Pence is so despised in the Republican Party, according to the press presser they had yesterday, he's still like 10,000 people short. He is he has not hit the 40,000. And the debate is coming up right? soon. It's later this month. You have the former vice president of the United States who is so loathed in his own party, he is struggling to get 40,000 people to send him $1. It's pathetic. Now, what's even more pathetic is this guy is so disingenuous and so hypocritical and such. At this point, he's just a sociopathic, pathological liar. He is attempting to act like he was totally against Trump and he was totally off board and crackpot attorneys. Two days before January 6th, he is in a stadium full of people in Georgia saying, I stand with Donald Trump. That's his direct quote. I stand with Donald Trump. He knew Trump objected to the election by then. He knew Trump thought the election was fixed. He knew the, Trump thought the election was stolen. And yet he says, I stand with Donald Trump. We have real doubts about this election. We're going to hear the objections. Millions of people. I'm with them. He is, he is such a shell of himself. And he is such a pathetic person. And I'm embarrassed for him. What's the end game for Mike Pence? Because I don't think whoever the Republican nominee is, whether it's Trump, you know, if he gets locked up, whether it's DeSantis, whatever the case may be, I don't think anybody is picking Mike Pence for anything. And he's certainly not going to win. So 
What's he doing? What's the end game for him? Well, Mike Pence is seeing a 23-year-old, uh, 23-year-long con blow up right in his face. Mike Pence is a total grifter, as is his loser brother, Greg Pence. And they are seeing this charade blow up right in their face. Why so, are you so mean to Mike Pence? Because he's totally disingenuous. I worked under Mike Pence. And what I saw when I worked under Mike Pence was a guy that was the, or his administration, which is him. It is a reflection upon him. And it is now played out over the past many years is a guy who said one thing and then did the exact opposite in terms of governance. And I Give me an example. Well, okay, so a, a great example of uh, Mike Pence saying one thing and doing another thing. When I worked at the professional licensing agency, that place was a total train wreck. It, it, I've seen rallies that were run better than that place. And when I went down there, they asked me to go down there. I'd previously worked for the state auditor. They asked me to go down there. I didn't come kicking and screaming, go, please, please, let me work for state government. Please, I want more of it, please. I did a really good job in the state auditor's office. They sold me a bill of goods. Yeah, we're going to make changes, and we're going to storm the Bastille, and it's all going to be different. We're going to reinvigorate government. It's going to be awesome. And I said, hey, let's go. And you get in there, and you realize it was all about protecting the brand. It wasn't about protecting the taxpayers. It was about doing better for the taxpayers. At every step, when I tried to do something that would help the taxpayers, they stood in the way because, well, it might make the state look bad. We might have to admit that we're not doing things properly. It might make Mike Pence look bad. Screw that. We're supposed to be there to help people, and Mike Pence was always about helping and protecting himself. Okay, so fast forward to today. What's the end game? Uh, so I'm binge watching 24 now, as you know. Yes, Jack Bauer and company. Yes, and throughout every season of 24, there's always some super villain who, when they get caught, they're trying to strike a deal for immunity. I want immunity from David Palmer now, or I'm not talking. <laughs> and that's what Mike Pence is doing right now. He's looking for his his version of the immunity deal because he's a grifter. He's not going to work a real job. He's not capable of working a real job. He hasn't worked a real job in a very, very, very long time. So I think he is seeing a pathway much like Chris Christie, or the rip on Trump crowd, or testify against Trump, or badmouth Trump, maybe that gets him a job at CNN. Maybe that gets him a job at MSNBC. The grifter is planning the next grift. He is looking for his immunity deal from David Palmer. What is coming up tomorrow on the amazing, highly rated Kendall and Casey show? Well, there's a new poll out that appears to show Democrats might like Kamala better than Joe Biden. And you want to talk about a choice between bad and worse. We're going to dive into it. You ever see that South Park episode where <laughs> the election came down to a turd sandwich or a giant douche? That's what we've got in our mayor's race, and that is what is shaping up for the Democrats right now. Well, I'm so excited for Friday to see you guys at Beer Sample Friday. Thanks, as always, to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. He is off the rails. Come see him at the State Fair with us tomorrow. Rob Kendall, thank you. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.